0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Thrifters Villa, a podcast for resellers and entrepreneurs. I'm Daniela, and today I have a really fun interview with um, an individual whose name is Jenna, reached out to us on Instagram, and her story is so fun. She started out as someone who was going to school full-time, getting her PhD, decided to jump into reselling is a live seller on Jamble and now also works for Jamble. So a great story to share with everyone. I can't wait for you guys to get to know her. So let's get right to it. We will see you at the table. Hello everyone. Welcome back. Um, we have an interview to share with you today. I am sitting here with Jenna. Jenna is a very unique individual who I'm so happy reached out to us. Um, she is a reseller. She actually works for Jamble. We have not had anyone on here who sells on Jamble, works for Jamble, any of that So Jamble is a live selling platform. It's fairly new um, and we're going to talk all about that. But first of all, welcome Jenna to Thrifters Villa.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to be here.
0: Yes, happy to have you here. Um, So Jenna reached out to us because she has a really cool story and we love cool stories on this podcast. We want everyone to know as many resellers as possible who do different things than what we're used to hearing about. Um, So before we get into what reselling looks like for you, why don't you give a little backstory as to who you are, do you want to share where you're from, and what life looked like for you before reselling?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So my name is Jenna McClure. Um, I am 29 years old. Well, I'll be 29 in a week. So I actually am in Ohio. I'm from Ohio. I was born in Toledo, and I moved to Columbus, where I went to Ohio State for my undergraduate degree. Um, After that, I pursued a master's degree at Ohio State as well, and I graduated with that in December of 2019, and that was in food science, so completely unrelated to anything, reselling, fashion, marketing, no experience there. Um, I actually then decided, because I didn't really know what I wanted to do, I feel like when you're in your 20s, you kind of, you don't really know, so I was trying to figure it out. Um, and I started my PhD at Ohio state in food science. So I really just, my, my workaround for not knowing what I wanted to do was to just keep going back to school. And my mom was like, okay, eventually we're going to have to, you know, get a job. And I was like, I know, I just don't know what I want to do yet. So started my PhD, um, in January of 2020 and started with that for a while. I I liked it. I was very interested in plant-based food and sustainability um, for the environment, for health reasons. That was what my PhD uh, study was focused on. So when I was in my PhD, I was kind of losing a little bit of that passion behind why I started. And long story short, I found this app called Jamble through TikTok, I believe it was. And I was like, you know what? I'm gonna try to to go live and just sell some of my items. So I downloaded the application. I I actually bought a few things on there. I was kind of exploring uh, the platform and I was like, I'm gonna apply to to be a live reseller. So so I did, and by a miracle of God, they accepted me. I I, like I said, had no experience prior to that. Um, so my first live I scheduled for I remember it was a Wednesday at noon, and I sold off of the floor of my apartment. And I was basically selling clothes that were in my closet, stuff that I was probably going to donate if I didn't um, sell it. So I was like, I'm going to start it all at a dollar because I'm either going to donate it and make zero dollars, or I can start it at a dollar and just take the risk that maybe I'll make some decent money. So I did that. It was, it was definitely a success. I mean, for the most part, I was making nothing in my PhD, like very bare minimum. So when I made $800 on my first live, I was like, heck yeah. Like that's good money right now. So I was like, I'm going to do another one next week. So then I did another one and I've always been a thrifter. Like I love to thrift. Like I said, even, um, with the food science background, very focused on the environment, sustainability, that sort of thing. So, um, have been a thrifter all through like my college career and then onto my master's. That's how I, shop. Um, So once I did my first couple of shows, I was like, okay, I'm going thrifting anyway. So why don't I start thrifting to resell instead of just, obviously I ran out of clothes in my own closet to sell. So I was like, now I'm going to go out and I'm actually going to source to sell. And so since that May 10th of 2023, I have gone live every single week with, with an exception of a few and I source to resell now. I still go live once a week on Wednesdays, but I switched my time to 4 p.m. Eastern time. And I actually, in July of 2023, I was very back and forth um, on whether or not to, to drop the PhD or not. So I felt like for the first time in my life, reselling like was where I was meant to be. I felt very confident in it. It was something that came really natural to me. Um, I loved the sales aspects, but more importantly, I loved the community aspect of it. Um, getting to know people, buying clothes that people like, presenting it to them and making their day. They can get a really good deal. I can also make a little bit of money as well. And it was just so passion driven that I hadn't felt that in so long. And so I thought about it for for a month and I was like, I, I think I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna take a chance on myself. I really think I can make something of this. I I love everything about it. So in in July of 23, I I officially dropped out of my PhD and it was super scary. Um, I definitely, like I was losing sleep over it before I was, I don't know if this is the right choice, but I was like, I'm going to take the risk because I do believe that this is where I'm meant to be. It feels right. And so since then I've been doing live selling full time. Um, and I absolutely love it.
0: love that. Um, I have a question in terms of sourcing. So I guess, first off, what types of items do you sell? Is it like brand focus? Is it style focused? What does that look like? And then how did you learn how to source whatever it was that you want that you wanted to sell to your audience? Because having no experience and just kind of diving in and only knowing what you know, within your fashion base, right? It's sometimes yeah. a hard transition.
1: Yeah, definitely. So it was
0: definitely trial
1: and error at the beginning. So I knew the types of clothes that I had in my closet from the first couple of lives did pretty well. So I was like, okay, I kind of have a baseline there. I know people are liking similar stuff to what I like. So then I kind of just went out and I, there's definitely brands that I, w- that'll always pick up if they're, I mean, if they're designer, of course I'll pick it up. Um, but I'm also very much style focused. So I always tell people like, if you come onto my live, I want there to be something there for everyone. Like I will sell men's clothes, women's clothes, occasionally kids' clothes. I definitely have an aesthetic about the kind of clothes that I sell. Um, I have a very like very specific vibe that I want my shows to have. So it, it's very vibe? on-trend thing. Tell me your vibe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's very I, I it's trendy but classic. So like I love to play into the trends. So things that are on trend for the season, whether it be a color, a specific style, the baggy jeans, sweat sets, that sort of thing. But I also like to have a classic spin on it. So I love vintage clothing. I always have some vintage pieces in my um, shows, but for the most part, I've kind of watched what my audience likes. That's how I've learned and fine-tuned my shows to where they are now is I will, I started out buying a ton of brands, a ton of styles, and I've kind of curated my closet now to what is selling well. So I know the kind of girls that are in my show. I know the items that are getting bid up. Um, I still start everything at a dollar. So I run I run statistics on all of my sales, um, what brands are selling the best, what kind of clothes are selling the best. And then I kind of focus more on those for my future shows. So I really do sell like a broad range of things. I would say majority is modern women's wear. Um, but I always do a, this started back in November, I want to say. I will do like 10 to 15 designer items on every show. So I call it designer row and it's the last 10 items of my show. And I still start them at a dollar. Um, but it's, it's something unique that I like to bring to the platform just because normally I'm selling like your everyday brands um, that you're seeing active wear, um, like higher end mall brands. But I really do like to bring like those premium designer pieces because I feel like that's what I like to shop for on a budget. So that's what I want to bring to people to
0: also shop for on a budget. What is the audience like on Jamble? So if someone's listening and they, because I, there are people that are in a Patreon group or people who listen who have downloaded Jamble, but they're like, I don't, I don't, I know nothing about this thing. And I know I can import my Poshmark closet, but like, what else?
1: (laughs) Yeah, definitely. So Jamble I would say right now, the the age demographic is anywhere from like 20s and 30s. I would say okay. that's the majority of the the seller base for sure. And then also the buyers. Um, so it is really like those trendy Instagram influencers, like that kind of style is really what sells well on there. Um, with that being said, obviously Jamble is in like the earlier phases of growth. So um, we are seeing a lot of expansion in terms of diversity with the types of items that are being sold. So um, we have some like kid sellers. We have, um, like people are selling can- like t- snacks and candy and that sort of thing. So I would say majority of what we sell is, is women's wear, whether it be vintage, Y2K modern. Um, but we do also have like beauty sellers who do makeup, um, skincare, that sort of thing. Um, but generally I would say like twenties to thirties, maybe early forties is the demographic right now. Um, but we are, we are looking to uh, broaden that as well. So you say you do dollar starts.
0: How are you able to sustain a profitable business with dollar starts?
1: Yeah. So I'm very, so something about me, I guess that is is a little bit different as well. I mean, I know I am like a newer reseller, but I don't do any pallets or anything like that. Everything that I sell is, is sourced by me. Um, so that's going in person to the thrift stores. I'm very particular about what I pick up, um, and how much I'm paying for it. So I know that if I'm going to do dollar starts, I run the risk that the item could sell for $1. So I need to make sure that the items I'm buying, I I believe that I can double my, what I spent on it. So that's, that's the headspace I go into. If I go to a a thrift store, I'm going through the racks, if something's going to cost me $5 based on my knowledge and how my shows have gone in the past, do I think I will make $10 on it? If the answer is yes, I'll buy it. If it's not, I won't buy it. So that's kind of like my thought process behind it. The other huge um, like benefit I guess that I have is I live 15 minutes away from a Goodwill bins or a Goodwill outlet. Um, so that is where I'm sourcing majority of my inventory. Um, I'm going there three times a week um, at least for three to seven hours at a time. And you exhausted sourcing. me
0: just saying that. <laughs> so much work. It's a lot.
1: It's a lot of work. It is a lot of work. But like I said, with with the vibe that I want to bring, I only trust myself to bring that to them. So I'm very particular. I'm very much so a perfectionist. So I want to make sure that everything I'm picking out is hand selected by me. It's something that I would wear. It's something that I like because I find that, I can better sell an item if I love it. So I right. want to make sure that every single item in my store is something that I'm excited about. So that's, it takes a lot of time to obviously hand source every single item. But when I'm when I'm sourcing it at the bins, my, my thrift store prices in Ohio are not too outrageous. And then the bins is obviously by the pound. So most of my lighter pieces are like 20 cents probably added out. And I know even if I started at a dollar, I'm going to make a profit on it.
0: Yeah. So-
1: I think That's the my bins is
0: probably the smartest way, especially with dollar starts, Especially if it, if you have a bins location that you know and trust, and you know that you can get the things that you need, um, and the by the pound price works in your favor. Because I know there's some like here in New England we have two bins, so we have the New Hampshire ones which have their set pricing for by the pound, which I know went up recently. And it's close. It's getting closer to two dollars. Um, but yeah. in Boston it's per piece. So it's, it's different. It's like a dollar 79 or something per piece. So it's not by the pound. So it changes, mm-hmm. right. Your dynamic of how you're going to do things. Um, yeah. and the fact that there's only two in new England makes it very difficult. Well, there's three, there's one in Connecticut, but we, no one really goes, if you're in the Boston, Rhode Island, like New Hampshire realm, you're not driving to Connecticut. You could, but yeah, it's like out of the way, yeah, <laughs> typical New sure. England fashion out of the way. Um, So you got to put in like travel, like it's not easy to get to unless you live in those areas. So when I originally saw live selling, my brain was like, well, if I did bins and I could curate exactly what I want, yeah, I could do it because I know what the price point is. I know what I need to average out. Like I can figure all that in the downsides for me is I work a full-time job. Right. So I'd have to spend a weekend day or take a day off of work to do it. Spend seven to eight, nine hours, however long there, plus travel. So you're talking anywhere from an hour and a half to two and a half hours, um, both ways. So it's like financially, it doesn't make sense for me. If I were to do a live show, I would have to do thrift store type shopping and then my prices could never be a dollar. I would have to be higher. And I think this is something that people who go into live sales, now that they don't think about it, because it's an excitement, right? To do a live sale. It's very exciting to build that audience and all that, but you really need to think about the business aspect of live selling. You need to understand that.
1: 100%. That's what I always tell people is like, you need to know that whatever the lowest amount you start it for has to be what you're okay taking for it. And mm-hmm. it just, it's all so dependent on how you are sourcing. Um, and I think right with live selling, like people do love those low starts. So if you do have a bins near you or something like that, it's a really good way to, to advertise yourself with low starts, people kind of get hooked. And that's, that's what happened for me, which is why I was able to grow so, so fast on the platform with, with no experience is I think. Really, not only like it was not only that I started it at a dollar, but it was it was high quality pieces that were starting for a dollar, and that's what I tell people. It has to be a really good balance because you can start Old Navy or something at a dollar, and it's like or Shein, and it's like no one's gonna care. But if you're starting like Christian Dior, Burberry, Lululemon, those kind of things at a dollar, people are gonna be like, okay, like now I'm gonna right. come in, I'm interested right. now. So that's kind of where I like, I play on the mind of the consumer, right? Like I'm a thrifter. I'm a shopper. I know I'm clicking into those low start shows because I know I'm addicted to getting a good deal. So that's kind of my, was my thought process behind it was like, okay, on my first couple of shows, I might break even, I might not make a huge profit, but I'm playing the long game. I know that once people kind of catch on, it could be really huge for me. And for me, the risk wasn't that big just because of how I was sourcing. Mm-hmm. So it made sense for me to do it that way. And I think that was really like what kind of like set me off on Jamble.
0: Yeah. um, You mentioned the demographic on Jamble. What, how would you say compared to other live selling platforms? Now all these platforms have live selling. There, There's specific platforms that live sell and then there's live selling within a platform, right? Um, what does, like, what does a typical show look like on Jamble? Um, what would you say the audience sizes are? And, and a lot of it I know has to do with you building that audience, but like, is there a frequent turnover really? Like what, what does that look like? These are questions that I know people are probably wondering as they're listening. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, so Jamble is, um, just a little bit of
1: background on the application, I guess, to start is, um. It, the company is headquartered over in Paris, France, and but all of the resellers are in the United States. So um, with that being said, there it is a little bit of a newer app um, in the United States. It hasn't been around super long, but, but it is growing very fast. Um, I would say on average in my shows, I have between 100 and 200 people okay. normally. Um, and then I've peaked at around 450 to 500 but that's, that's that's my highest. Yeah. So it, it is pretty good. Um, there, there are definitely a lot of buyers. Um, I would say the buyer demographic is, is expanding tremendously in terms of like sizes, um, what like kind of style they're looking for, that sort of thing. Um, so I've seen my shows from when I first started, I had probably like 20 to 30 people in my room. And now I usually have like 150 to 200 on average, um, steady for, I go live for around, um, Four hours on Wednesday evening so I start at 4 p.m. Eastern I go till around 8 or 8 30 and that entire time I'm, I'm keeping over 100 in my room
0: how are you going for so long <laughs> I, I honestly like I tell
1: people it it goes by so fast like because I love it so much and I just I'm so excited to talk I feel like the people in my show are my friends and and I love them and they they a lot of them have been there with me since I started right. So I, I just, I love to engage with them. They're obviously like in the chat, they can, they can ask questions and and say hi and that sort of thing. So I don't know, it goes by so fast, the more engaged the chat is. And the more I'm talking to them, it feels like it was, it was 10 minutes and it's been like right. three hours. It's crazy to me because I'm on my feet the entire time I'm talking the entire time, but I never really feel like I'm running out of energy. Right. Of course, after the show ends, I'm like, okay, like now I'm tired But yeah. when it's such an adrenaline rush. And it's something that I so enjoy doing that. It's very easy for me to like, keep the energy up.
0: Love that. I don't know if I could do four hours. I definitely <laughs> can't do four hours pregnant that I could tell you, but <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, understandable.
0: But, um, yeah. I mean, if you can do it and, it and it's enjoyable for you, I think that's great. I think, I think this is where reselling is so unique. Like, and now that live selling has come into play, everyone finds their strengths in different areas of reselling. For some people, it's being a buyer. For some people, it's um, traditional selling. For some people, it's making boxes. For some people, it's live selling. Like there's all these little things that you can go into. And then within those little niches, you you niche even more and you find exactly what it is that you enjoy doing. And I, I think it's great to see people really Um, branch out and come into their own when it comes to live selling. Because I've talked to many people who live sell and they feel their best when they're live selling. And that just says a lot because the mundane everyday listing isn't for everyone. Just like the way that we learn is like some people are auditory, some people are visual, some people are both, some people are tangible, I need to touch it. Like it's the same concept.
1: Yeah, 100%. And I think I love that reselling has expanded because I, I mean, I shop all platforms of reselling. Like I shop listings, I shop live sales. Um, but I just, I love how diverse it's becoming. And, and like you said, I, do not love to to post inventory. That's not something I enjoy for my shows.
0: Though. That was actually I, one of my questions. I was gonna be like, "Do you list anything?"
1: <laughs> I I list it in my lives. So I will I will list. I usually sell between one hundred and ten to one hundred and thirty items a week. I will list every single one in my live show. Um, but it's not like in a storefront or anything like that. So. Um, on the, on Jamble right now, I find that if you do list your stuff prior, I know on a lot of other platforms, they'll do like random polls and stuff. Um, but I find the most success with, with listing my items like three days ahead of time, usually. And I have a picture, the, the brand, the size, and like any flaws, if it has any. Um, so I do that, but I don't love it. Like, that's my least favorite part. I always say of, of my week is when I have to list the items. Yeah. And then when I'm in the live show, I'm like, this is, this is great. Like if I could do random polls, I would, but I don't think I would be as successful um, as I am right now. So for the time being, I'm okay with the listing portion, but it's definitely not my, not my cup of tea.
0: Yeah. It's not for everyone. It's not to uh, me. Listing is easy, but, but I'm a different person. Like I enjoy the like photographing is a pain, but I'll do it but listening to me because I have a system, a template put in place. It's like, okay, click, click, click. I go through and it's listed. I don't, I don't think twice about it, but I've also been doing it for six plus years now on a platform. So yeah. there's certain things that just start to come natural. Now I find that because I'm almost, you know, 35, well, I'll be 35 weeks pregnant. I'm like, I don't want to ship. I have no interest in shipping. I don't feel like bending <laughs> down to pick anything up. I don't want to put it in a poly Yeah. Right. For the post office. So, like it all depends on the season of life that you're in. That it's an ever-evolving sure. thing. Do you think that there will ever come a point where you do become a traditional lister on a platform?
1: Well, congratulations, first of all. That's oh, so thanks. exciting that you're you're
0: you're pregnant and do. I'm I'm so excited
1: for you. Um, so honestly, I think I think what you said is is right on point where it's like listing is for some people and it's not for other people. Live selling, same thing. Some mm-hmm. people are like absolutely not. I don't I don't want to get in front of the camera. I don't have that type of personality. For me, I don't see myself ever going to traditional listing just because the best part of my week is my live shows. I truly love it so much that I can't see myself giving that up for really anything. Of course, like if I were like once I get pregnant and married and stuff like that, right. like there will be times where I'll have to take a step back and maybe not go live as frequently. But in general, no, I don't think I'll ever stop with the live selling portion. And I don't think I'll ever do like the traditional listings again.
0: That's so interesting because some some people start off with the traditional listing and then move over to live selling where you're the complete opposite. You're like, I'm just gonna live sell and do nothing else. Thank you so much. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. I just, I love it. And I think it, it I love to talk to people. Like mm. that's even when I go to like the bins and stuff, like I make friends there. It's the reselling community is so like, vibrant and I feel like the people in it are so willing to help and so willing to to talk to you about your business and your strategies and stuff like that so I just I love being able to to be on camera and talk to people and and tell my story and I also think like it's so much more than just selling clothes like people relate to you like on a personal level like I from where I was when I started to where I am now like there's a lot of young girls that are very impressionable watching and it's like I always tell them like, it's okay if you don't have it figured out. Like I didn't have it figured out either. Like you will, it will come to you. You will find your path. And it's just, you can connect with so many different people and help people in so many ways that like you wouldn't necessarily think of with like a live selling position, but it really is so much more than that. And you create this like community of girls that are just there for each other and and they talk to each other. And it just, it feels like a friendship almost um, that is just so special. And I think that's something that that you get with live selling that I just, I think is so special.
0: Yeah. um, We have mentioned Jamble millions of times in this episode, but we never really like dove into what Jamble is besides being yeah. a live selling platform and how it came about. And then the opportunity that you have now um, been given with Jamble. So why don't we get into that?
1: Yeah, definitely. So super interesting perspective, I guess, from me is that, um, as Daniela mentioned earlier, I do sell on Jamble, but I also am employed by the company. And this is a recent um, employment that I started uh, in January of 2024. So it's been about a little almost a little over a month and a half now, so almost two months. And what had happened was last year, um, I started reselling in May of 23, and I quickly became the top seller on the platform for that year. So just being there for, for the six or seven months that I was there, I was like the number one seller of that year, which was wild. And so I was, I was kind of meeting with, with the team on a little bit of a regular basis throughout the month of December, just telling, um, telling them my tips and tricks and kind of like how I grew my brand and really helping them discover what it takes to be a successful seller on the platform. I think um, with live selling and especially on different apps. Like there are certain keys to success that are very unique to that specific platform. Um, so they would kind of pick my brain about it. We kind of had an agreement where like, I wasn't getting paid for it or anything, but I was just like kind of giving them my insight. I wanted to help as much as I could because Jamble gave me an opportunity that I wouldn't have gotten otherwise. And I was so grateful. And I love the company, like the employees there, um, there, it's not a huge company. There's, there's under 10 employees right now, but I, I got to know them um, through just meeting with them on a regular basis. And in the middle of December, I was meeting with my coworker now, her name's Tori. Um, so she's the head of resellers at Jamble and she was hired on in November to help um, sellers kind of grow their business and make it to the next level that they want to reach. And she had reached out to me and we were meeting on a regular basis to kind of, so she could pick my brain. I could kind of tell her like the ins and outs of live selling and and what could help sellers to grow it from my perspective. And in the middle of December, we hopped on a call one morning at like 7am and she was like, we are thinking about offering you a full-time position. And I was very surprised, very flattered. And so I kind of heard more about it and officially January 2nd, I ended up accepting the job um, with the condition that I could still live sell on a weekly basis. So I now am in charge of onboarding all of the new sellers that come to Jamble. So when you get accepted, you will have the opportunities to do a webinar um, where I will train on all aspects of Jamble. So the ins and outs, how to create a show, how to list items, um, best practices for live selling on the platform. And then from there, which this is something that I think is super unique to Jamble as opposed to other platforms. Um, I offer one-on-one guidance and coaching to sellers throughout their entire journey at Jamble. So from the time they get accepted, they do the webinar. And then for the next two months, I will meet with sellers on a weekly or a bi-weekly basis, whatever works into their schedule to help them set goals, to help them strategize and answer any questions that they have. So it's very personalized on Jamble where like, if you want to do it, of course you can, not everybody opts to do the training and stuff like that. But it is something that we offer that I think sellers are really receptive of is that when you reach out for a question on other platforms, you usually get like an email or a generic response that's kind of almost feels robotic on Jamble if you reach out a person is responding not only that but you can actually hop on a call with me and ask me any questions that you have if you want any advice i'm there to offer it so i'm able to offer it from the side of like i'm also a seller so i relate to you i've i've been there i've started from nothing and grown to where i am now so it's a very unique position that i'm in where i can see like the ins and outs of the application itself and how it's growing on on a business level but i also relate so much to the sellers that it gives me a really cool perspective to be able to help them the best way that I can. Um, we really, we love the entrepreneurial spirit at Jamble. Like I want to help make these, these young women and young girls, business women, if that's what they want to be. So I'm there to help coach them every step of the way, um, to hopefully help make this like a full-time position if that's what they want.
0: That's a really, um, unique business model because you don't see that in the larger platforms mind you they are bigger I'm sure it it, it incorporates way more manpower you know it, it needs more and, and I understand why they don't do it that way and it's more of like a mass group that comes together if you need it for onboarding um, but I do think that's unique especially that one-on-one touch especially okay so you said the audience is in that younger we'll say gen z right range and those are the ones that are most impressionable the ones that you can really like talk to and help mold them and teach them all the things and there's such an entrepreneurial spirit with that group um Mm -hmm. with that age group that like 20 to 30 i'd say i i would bump up even say to where i am in 37 yeah i'd say from 20 to 40 we really just want to be our own boss period like that's just what we want to do um really the millennial into gen z that's, that's our goal in life. Um, mm. And it's nice to be able to have someone who not only is on the platform who has seen success uh, and knows all the things, but is also now an insider on the company and can kind of give you these helpful hints and things. Does Jambo yeah. offer their sellers like trend reports or what's selling on the platform or anything like that? Or is that something that like they can reach out to you and, and find out?
1: Yeah. So we, we always offer as much insight as, as sellers ask. So we, we do have like, we have what brands sell. Well, I, I created like a brand list of like the top selling brands that we will send to the sellers if they want it, um, that sort of thing. And then obviously like we have like all of their statistics, like we have like what time of day sell do nice. the shows do the best, like those insider information that if people take the time to meet with me and they're like, Hey, like, what time would be best for me to do my first show? I can say, well, according to the data, this is the time that is the most popular, that sort of thing. Um, with that also, like you said, like the brands and stuff, what brands sell well, um, that is more like, it kind of just depends on the kind of seller that you are. So right. if, it, if it's a more modern seller, I can give them modern brands. If it's a vintage seller, I can say what styles maybe sell better. Mm-hmm. Um, so we do keep very close, like track of that sort of thing so that we can share with our sellers to help them be as successful as they can be on the platform.
0: And what is the percentage breakdown for Jamble in the seller? You mean fees? Yes.
1: Okay. So yeah, this is the big thing right now. There are no seller fees. How? <laughs> yes. So that's I. I that's everyone's reaction because it's, it's unheard of. Um, so they are a startup right now. Like I said, they are in Paris, France. They they go through round of investors, rounds of funding. Um, so they have a huge investor right now that is able to help get them off the ground. And part of that that is super beneficial to the seller is that there are no seller fees. So if I make $3,000 on a live show, I'm pocketing $3,000. None of it gets taken out. Um, the buyer pays for shipping always. Giveaways are free to the buyer and to the seller. Jambo pays for the shipping on those. Um, so- it is a seller's platform. Like you cannot go wrong.
0: <laughs> right. That's pretty crazy. And what is what does the shipping look like on Jambo? You know, one of the big things with live sellers is being able to bundle and like having a bundling shipping price and all of that.
1: Yep. So so Jamble does do bundle shipping. So what happens is I would say the first item, it's based on weight and location. So it varies based on what state you're in compared to the seller. But generally, I would say the range for the first item that you buy is around three ninety-five to five dollars. That's the first item, and then every item after that it goes down. So I would say the second item is around one forty-five to one ninety-five, and then every item after that is just a dollar shipping added on. So and then I think once you hit five pounds, it resets to that that first price and it goes it tapers down again. So shipping on Jamble is actually. It's pretty reasonable in my opinion um, um, compared to other platforms. Like I'll buy a shirt and it's three ninety five shipping or something like that. So um, yeah, and it automatically bundles, like I said, on the back end, it's one shipping label per buyer. So the weights
0: will add up and, and it will be a bundled price. And this is all USPS?
1: It's USPS. It is not priority. That's the only difference okay. between, I think, some of the other bigger platforms. It is ground shipping. So um, you just can't use the priority mailboxes.
0: Okay. And... Um, where does Jamble see itself? Like, is there a long term goal? Like what long and short term goal that you can share so people can kind of get a better idea if they want to go on it. And then I also want to mention how you can import listings, because I think that's important as well.
1: Yes. Yes. So first, first, I guess the short term goal right now is, is we're really in, in the growth phase. So this year we want to grow and scale to as many sellers, as many buyers as we can. I would say by the end of 2024, we, we want to be like, 20 times bigger than we are now, if not more, um, with the, it's a really exciting time that we're in right now with it being an earlier company, that growth is really starting to come and we're seeing it just at the beginning couple of months of 2024. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say that's the short-term goal and in really increasing like the different types of sellers, the different, um, diversity of the platform is, is we want to shift towards a more diverse, like size ranges, that sort of thing. Um, and then I would say the long-term goal is, is once we do grow to that, that higher level is just to kind of scale everything. Right. I think something that we offer that I love, and I think the sellers love is the, is the direct communication with me and with Tori that we can really help them on their path. So once the growth comes, we're going to have to learn how to scale that up to that level while we still keep that personal touch to it. Um, So I would say, yeah, the long-term goal is really just growth, increased diversity and, and increasing the number of sellers and buyers that we do see on the platform.
0: Well, it sounds like you guys are on the right path and that you are really um, diversifying the way live selling has been done, which I think is really nice. Uh, You know, larger platforms are always going to pick up the newest, greatest thing that everyone is doing, right? But to see a small startup kind of come in and and build what they want live selling to be is always encouraging. I think it's great that that they want you on their team because you give a different perspective that they would never have.
1: Right. Exactly. And I think that's what makes it so unique is they really are, they want it to be as good for the sellers and the buyers as they can be. And me, myself being a seller and a buyer, I can offer that insight on a daily basis in our meetings and kind of let them know like, Hey, this is, I'm on the platform. So if there's any glitches, if there's anything that's not super user-friendly, I can say, Hey, this might be better done like this for the sellers because right now it's not as user-friendly as it could be. And then tech will go in, they'll fix it. It's a very streamlined approach where it's like, I'm seeing it in real time. I'm going right to them, telling them about it. They're fixing it. So it's super cool to see just like the progress that we've made just in like the two short months that I've been here. And I think um, there's just so much more that that is to come with, with Jamble in the future. And I'm just super excited about it.
0: Yeah. So let's talk about importing listings from other platforms.
1: Yes. So if you, let's say you sell on Poshmark and you have your Poshmark closet, you can import all of your listings from your Poshmark closet into your Jamble marketplace. So everything that is listed on Poshmark will show up on Jamble in your marketplace section. What's nice about that is you won't have to go through and individually list in your live show then because you can import directly from your marketplace into your live show. So that makes it super easy, super streamlined for users to, number one, import their closet from another platform. Number two, import the marketplace into their live show so that you don't have to retake pictures, repost, go one by one. Um, The other nice thing is that you can actually clone listings from past shows. So let's say I had a show on Wednesday and I had 10 items that didn't sell. I can actually select all of those items, clone them, and put them into my current show so I don't have to relist them one by one. So it's very um, user-friendly. I think a lot of people will get on the platform and be like, it's, it's very self-explanatory. We try to make it as, as user-friendly as possible. Um, obviously like we're fine tuning things as we go and as we see fit, but um, that's that's right now how you, how you upload your listings and import
0: them. So I have a question. Um, mm-hmm. Let's say I wanna upload into the marketplace. Can people still purchase items without me going live? Or do yes. you have to go? Okay, yes. Okay. Yes, people can still purchase. So so the marketplace works
1: just like Poshmark, just like the other platforms where you can just go in and purchase. You can also make offers on items. So it's the exact same um, in terms of like listing and, and offers and accepting that sort of thing. Um, and then you can also go live with them, obviously. Huh.
0: Well, that's good to know because someone might want to dabble and you know bring their listings in or maybe bring certain listings in and then um, kind of see what the audience is like and what will work for them before they start live selling. I think that's a great option to have.
1: Yeah, definitely. And it also gives you the opportunity to like explore the platform before you go live. Right. Like you can, you can start listing and see how things sell the no seller feeds definitely helps, but, um, and then you can also like go into people's shows and that's something unique that I also love about Jamble is not only is the, the commute, they're very tight with like us as a company, Mm -hmm. the sellers and the buyers are so tight knit, like all of the sellers know each other, Um, they're, they're always making sure to support each other. They're in each other's lives. Like people, I know these people now because I just, they're always in my shows. I'm in their shows. So the community where you may not get that super tight knit feeling on like other platforms that are a little bit bigger right now, it's like, it's like the starting sellers who kind of started with Jamble and they're, everyone is so welcoming. Like if you're a new seller, you will feel that right when you come in, like everyone wants to help. They want you to be successful. Um, everyone is just super kind, like very much women empowering women on the platform, which is super cool to see. Um, so that's definitely unique to the platform as well. Like we did a meetup um in Columbus, Ohio, just just a small one to kind of like yeah. we wanted to get the community together in person to to even build that tight knit community even more. Um, and people traveled from like Oklahoma, like they wow. did like 15-hour road trips to come yeah. up here. Um, it was just like a night we did, we had like drinks and, and, uh, I did some like giveaways, like live giveaways sort of. Um, but it was a really good turnout for our first live. And it's just things like that, that Jambo really is trying to create this community of, of mm. sellers and buyers that, that work together and, and support each other and really want each other's success. So it's just, it's so cool to be a part of. And like, I always say like, if you would have told me even a year ago today, like I was still in my PhD, kind of not sure what I wanted to do with my life that I would be here. Like, I wouldn't believe you. It's just like, it's a dream come true. Like I would be like, okay, yeah. Right. But I just, I feel so blessed that like I was able to not only like start live selling and find something that I'm so passionate about and kind of turn my passion into a career. But then that Jambo also gave me the opportunity to even expand on that further. And And I've always loved teaching, like obviously I was getting a PhD. So being able to teach people about something that I really care
0: about is just such a cool opportunity that I never would have expected. So where do you see yourself in the next year, five years, whatever, however your long-term goals are um, with reselling and then with um, live selling in general?
1: Yeah. So honestly, like I, my goal is to employ my family. Like that would be like, nice. my ultimate goal. So like my mom right now, she's su- my whole family is super supportive, but my mom in particular, she, she sources for me. She will help me with, with packing orders after if she's in town. Um, but she is like such a worker and she's amazing, but I would love to be able to scale that and have right. her be like a full-time employee where I can pay her full-time like rates and have her maybe like do the pic- picture taking for me, help with shipping. Right. That would be the best way for me to scale my business. Because I always say, if I could just show up and go live, I would do it four times a week, right. but it's the taking the pictures, it's right. the shipping, it's the sourcing. So I would love to build a team around me that can help me. Cause right now it's pretty much me. And then my mom will help me a little bit here and there, but right it's I'm alone. So I can't scale that much being where I'm at right now. But with that being said, I do have family members that are like, I'll do it. Like I want to help you. So my thing is if I can start to grow that business, pay them and in turn, like double my income for me, it's worth it. So that's where I see myself in the next year or two is really just scaling this business to be bigger. Um, whether that's, if I can find palette connections where I feel comfortable doing it, that's letting go of the control is the hardest part for me. So
0: and that's the something
1: There's the risk. risk. Yeah, exactly. So that's where I'm like, I don't know if I want to jump into that, or if I just want to hire my mom to, to source for me, continue to source and grow this on, on that way. And then eventually I'm sure eventually I will have to do like the palette kind of thing. Yeah. But for now, I don't see that as being my next step, just because like I told you, I, I very much like to be in control of what I'm selling. So I want to scale it. I would love to hire my sister, my mom, my grandma to like help me run this and make it like a family business. I think that would be so amazing if I could just kind of be like the face of it and the live seller right. part of it, but then they could help me on all of the backend stuff. That would be my like ultimate dream, I think. Um, and then in terms of Jambo, like I really just want to help this company grow. Like to be 100% honest with you, I want to make as many successful w- women on this platform as I possibly can because I feel like I'm living my dream. Like truly, I know I'm not like a huge seller or anything like that, but the success that I've seen in a short time to me is huge. And I want other people to know that it is possible. And if I can play any part in in getting them there, I would be honored to do so. So I think that is my my long-term goal is I, I want to continue to work for Jamble and, and resell on the personal side of things, create like a family business out of it. And then on the professional side of working for Jamble is just, continuing to help them come up with the best strategies, the best techniques to create the largest number of successful sellers that we can possibly see.
0: You said something that um, I used to say to myself too, like, I'm just a small seller. You know what I mean? Like, you know, I don't have a ton of experience, but like, that doesn't matter. Like you have the experience that you have and you're able to share it with other people and you're able to motivate and encourage others who are just starting out or maybe they've been doing it for a long time and they just, they're kind of lost in the whole world of what reselling has begun. And I think we need more people in all, on all forms of reselling to be more open to sharing that and, and being the mentor. Like we all have imposter syndrome, me included. We all have yeah. it. Like, it's just the way that it is. Uh, yeah. It doesn't matter it doesn't matter how far along you are in your journey. Imposter syndrome is just a very common thing. And um, we need more women in particular to have that confidence to come out and encourage others, especially those of the younger generation to be like, no, you you can do this. You know, you don't have to follow the path that everyone tells you, you have to follow. You can make your own rules and you can do your own thing. And, exactly. Um, and I think that's great because we need more of it. And I think maybe, maybe it's because are you, you're not, you're at the end of millennial. Are you a gen? No, you're a a, millennial. You're millennial. No, I'm, I'm a, I'm a old or I'm a
1: young millennial.
0: Yeah. I'm 95. So it's like a weird cutoff. Um, It is. Yeah. And I do think that since the millennials are kind of reaching that point in their life where it's like, we've seen and gone through certain things and we've realized that as much as we loved school, Um, it may not have brought us the joys that we thought it would bring us. Um, and then now we have the student loans to go along (laughs) with it. Um, we are paying and drowning in, but, um, I think we're just very passionate. We're a very passionate generation in helping those within our generation and those younger than us to have them see what the world is really like and what you can make of it. And 100% credit is millennials. Okay. We get blamed for every little thing. We get blamed for everything. I'm like, are you
1: kidding? Like we're doing (laughs) so well, like we're, we're trying, at least we like care about what we're really trying about people. (laughs) Yeah. But no, I, I completely agree with you. And I think the cool thing is like, even though, like I, like I said, I am a little bit of a smaller seller. I haven't really like taken off yet, but people can see that. Like I started from nothing and that I was able to grow to, to a point where I am now. And it's, it's that openness and that transparency. I think that really resonates with people that I had no idea what I was doing when I started to be 100% honest. Like I just took a chance on myself. I was like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to try my hardest and I'm going to put my best foot forward. And if it works out, that's amazing. And it so far it has. And I think people don't always want to hear from the most successful person in the world because it seems so far out of the realm of possibilities Mm -hmm. when it's somebody like, like me, where it's like, I've seen success. And for me, it's huge, but it's, it's like, she started where we're starting. So like, I will listen to her. I believe her because it's it's this, this trust that you build where it's like, I truly have been where you were like nine months ago, I was where you were and, and it is possible. And I went to school for 10 years, like not just high school. I went to college and my, yeah, for 10 years and thought that my life was going to take a completely different path. And now I'm using nothing that I learned in my undergrad or my master's. I mean, of course, like I, I learned how to public speak but and their there skills, certain- right? Yes. But the, but if you don't want to go to college, like there are opportunities for you. If that's not the path for you, if you want to go to college and you graduate and you're like, I'm not, I don't want to use my degree. Don't like, it's okay right. to not know. And it's okay to take a chance on yourself. And I think people need to hear that. And it's not talked about enough. Is like the uncertainty of your twenties and your thirties. It's like, you're, you feel like you should have it all figured out, but 99% of us don't have it all figured out. And you're, and you're learning and you're growing and you're trying to be the best person that you can be while also trying to make money. And so our generation, I love that we are really passionate about turning what we love into a career and just Mm -hmm. seeing people do that. Over and over again. I think the more you see it, the more you can talk to people that have done it. The more it encourages you to think, okay, this is something that I could do. Um, so yeah, I, I I agree with you completely. I think I think just turning your passion into your career is something that's so rare and just something that I feel so blessed that I'm able to do. And I would love to help as many people as I can to to do that as well.
0: Well, I want to thank you for choosing our podcast to come on and share your story um because it's a wonderful story and we are now opening the door for people who listen to this ep- episode and the podcast in general to learn about jamble and they got to know you so they'll know that you're the face that they're gonna see you know <laughs> you're the voice that they're gonna hear uh so yeah. i will make sure to leave all jenna's information in the show notes for you guys so that you're able to touch base with her so jenna if you want to leave me your email however you want to do that or whatever so they can reach out to you directly i'm assuming that's okay as well Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Um,
1: I, so my email is just Jenna, J E N N a at jamble.com. Um, that is directly to my inbox. So if you have any inquiries or like questions that you want to ask me before you apply to live sell, you can definitely reach out there. I would say that's the best place to get a response from me. I do have Instagram, but like I said, the social media presence is, is not great for me right now. I'm working on it, but it definitely doesn't come natural. So email would be the best way to reach me. If you do want to follow me, my, my Instagram is Jenna two underscores McClure. Um, but like I said, I'm not super, super uh, active on there.
0: <laughs> all that will be in the show notes for you guys. Um, download the app, give it a try, see what it's all about. And again, you can reach out to Jenna directly. Thank you again, Jenna, for coming on and for sharing your story. Uh, I'm excited to see where you're at this time next year, because I'm sure there'll be some growth that happens.
1: Yes, Daniela, thank you so much for, for allowing me to tell my story. I really appreciate you giving me the platform to do so. Like it truly means the world to me. This was so fun in my first podcast ever. So I'm super excited to be here and I just want to thank you again.
0: I love when we're people's first podcast. It's like, they chose us.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I was so nervous too. I was like, I, I I was very nervous coming into it, but you made it so, so easy for me. So
0: I really, really appreciate that. and if jamble ever wants to come on other members they are more than welcome to do so you just reach out and we can hold that platform for them as well amazing that would be that would be incredible i will definitely i will definitely take you up on that <laughs> perfect all right everyone thank you so much for listening to this week's episode we will chat next week bye everyone